You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 1st, episode 3128, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Ah, Wednesday, the day we cover Glenn's favorite topic, <laughs> horse health. And Jamie makes you feel better about yourself with the latest weird news from around the world. Happy Wednesday. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. Do you like, like that it. one? I like it. <laughs> He's so good. That guy is so good. So uh, today we hear from Jamie about her wild night. Why do these things always happen at night? Uh, and of course, you probably all know what we're talking about, the tornadoes. She was in the middle of a tornado outbreak the other night. So I want to hear all about that. Um, and also we have Kristen Janicki, who's going to come on and discuss some common nutrition myths. I have a couple of big announcements, and uh, we have some weird news. Plus, in the Auditor Post Show, Jamie went to the chicken auction again. We need to get you a life. We really do. I know. (laughs) I'm going to detail how I need a life, but yeah. (laughs) You need friends or something. I don't know. Hey, uh, one thing before we get started with the show and hear all about Jamie's adventures, um, we will be doing a listener and friend meetup on Saturday. That's this Saturday at the All for the Horses Expo at the World Equestrian Center. This is their first expo. They're expecting 100 vendors. So we're going to meet at noon at Ralph's Burgers, which is straight across the street from the expo center beside the huge indoor or huge outdoor arena. So you go out of the expo center, walk straight across behind the outdoor arena. That's the big one with the 8,000 purple seats. Uh, And then Ralph's is right there. It's the closest restaurant to the expo. So that's where we're going to meet at noontime. Uh, If you're you're there at the show or whatever, uh, we would love to see. I know we have some auditors that are visiting that are going to be joining us as well. Uh, We also have two big announcements today. I'll do one right now. Uh, This one I'm very excited about. If you missed out on winning the Wintech Saddle at Christmas... You have another chance. And you don't have to sing and dance this time. It's just register for your chance to win. So go to horseradionetwork.com right now. Click on the register to win banner at the top of the page. Just go in there and register. That's all you have to do. All entries must be submitted by April 14th. And we're going to draw the winner at Equine Affair in Ohio on April 16th on Horses in the Morning. You don't have to be present to win. You can be at home listening. That's fine. Uh, and one entry per email. So So go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the banner, and get your chance to win a brand new Wintech saddle. And I heard from the lady, I'll read her email on Friday, the lady who won the the saddle uh, at Christmas time. So uh, I will definitely uh, read that on Friday. So that's uh, the beginning of the announcements. That's my first big announcement. Another chance to win a saddle. Who doesn't want to win a saddle? Everybody wants to win a saddle. Yeah. So let's do some Daily Winnies. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. 
Well, we have some birthdays, uh, some auditor birthdays. Nicole Mauser-Store, Jennifer Morlane, Kat Thompson, and Patty Perucci, host of the Healthy Critters radio show. Plus, uh, so happy birthday to all of you. Plus, some new auditors. We had Janet Howe signed up. So welcome, Janet. We're so glad you joined the auditor party. And Janine Ward raised her pledge. So thank you, Janine. We appreciate that as well. And now we're going to see if Jamie can get through her daily Winnie because she's got a cold. Yes, I do have a cold just to add to the fun. I think I'm getting a sinus infection. <laughs> Talk about everything in a week. <laughs> I mean, it's been awesome. Uh, my daily Winnie goes out to my local community. Obviously, we had, I think there was 15 plus tornadoes in Oklahoma on Sunday night, and it was just utter madness. We knew weather was coming in. I mean, that's what's great about having being in Oklahoma is they have all of the weather weather centers are right here. I mean, the biggest one is um, two miles away from me. So they, they told us severe weather is coming in Sunday night. Expect winds of up to 80 to 110 and miles an hour. They were expecting it to be one of those, I don't even know how you say the word. Derecho, yeah. And that's like the straight line winds, right? Yes. And okay. so it gets cra- it's cra- cra- crazy. So we, um, you know, I come home. I've taken Lucas to his activity. Chad is, of course, gone on a trip. And so I take Lucas to thing. We hustle home. I put him in the house. I'm like, get a shower right now because you can't shower in severe weather and lightning and stuff. So he goes in the showers. I go down and I get the horses up and in. And I've got, you know, enough stalls for a bunch of the horses. But there's the horse and hound horses have a, a shelter and then a border horse has a shelter. So I was like, Max, you're going to stay out here. You have a shelter. Make good decisions use it. <laughs> and use it. I stuffed it with alfalfa hay and all the things. I put everything in there, hay and water to make them comfortable. Same with the mares from Horse and Hound. And again, sorry, I have a cold. Um, so you kind of do what you do. I've got hurricane straps on the roof of the barn and, you know, you just kind of do what you do. You bring them in. I bring them in because I'm concerned about, um, things flying around in the wind. Well, do you, you know? have other properties around you that you don't know if they're bringing their stuff from the backyard in chairs and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm more worried about things that are blowing around and, um, it's a good thing I do. So, Get up. We start watching the news and, and they kind of track them and we can see them getting closer and closer and closer. And um, so was then, this after dark? It was after dark, right? Yes, Sunday. of course, it was after dark. It I, always uh, happens at night. Hurricanes it's not at supposed night. to. This <laughs> never happens, Glenn. OK, one of the things I hear all the time is this never happens. So if somebody asked me to move out. Because like all the things that never happened have happened since I've been here. And they're like, it must be you. You need to go. Um, so it never happens that there's tornadoes in February. It never happens that they're at night. And uh, of course, tornado, February, nighttime. I put Lucas to bed, but I put him in my bed. And we have a tornado shelter in our house. Tell everybody and what your tornado shelter is, which is kind of unique. It's it's a pantry, basically a, a pantry that is made out of concrete. It's the first thing they built in the house, and so it's pretty crazy looking. It's a bunker, right? I mean, and it's a bunker. It's like a safe room. Um, does it have a metal in, door? It does. It has a metal door with three locks. You register it with the city. So if oh, something really? happens, the yeah, they check all the shelters because if the house falls down around you, you're stuck in the shelter. Yeah. So you go in with things like shoes. 
all your important uh, paperwork, your documents, blankets, water, you know. So I had prepped the shelter that afternoon just in case. Had you I mean, used I, it yet? Or is it, no. Oh, okay. No. But I'm by myself and I'm with a kid, four dogs, and you'll learn later <laughs> oh that God. I now have a bird. So I'm like, I've got to get and guinea pigs. And I'm like, okay, um, I have all these things. I'm going to prep the shelter. I got everything out. The thing that is actually normally in the shelter, it's our liquor cabinet and our medicine cabinet. Well, you're good um, if you get stuck. Exactly. <laughs> so we put a bunch of water in there. We put a bunch of blankets in there just in case I had to wake Lucas up in the middle of the night and get him in the shelter, which, of course, as you all know, I'm watching TV and they're talking about a tornado in El Reno, which is northwest of us, like uh, west of Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, the sirens go off. They weren't even talking about it on the news, but the sirens start going off. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, let me see the news. Boom, power goes off. So mm. I have nothing. Now, what you do Could you is you... hear the wind at that point? Oh, God. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. So, you know, uh, people in Oklahoma are like, I heard the sirens. I didn't go to my shelter. But that's not me. I'm I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not an Oklahoma person. I'm not a professional. And I'm also, at this point, a single mom with a bunch of animals. So I go wake up Lucas and I'm like, hey, buddy, we're going to go in the shelter. And he's like, you know what? Uh, what? So I get him up, get him in the shelter, lay him down. I go get all the dogs. And we uh, all of us. How did you convince four dogs to get in that tiny room? <laughs> well, there's also, as you'll learn, the chicken auction a parakeet, okay, in the oh. cage. And so I've got the parakeet in in the shelter, and I've got the dogs. So Danny, it, Border Collie Cross, is on top of Lucas. She's like, this is the greatest thing ever. I get to be in the house laying on the kids. It's awesome. Then I have Zenyatta, uh, who's on the left, and she is scared of storms. So she's like, high alert. And then I've got Bella, who's also scared of storms. She's a basset hound. And then I've got Homer, who's laying on top of me, trying to eat the bird. And I've got all of us are crammed into this tiny little safe room. I mean, uh, it's it's small, so it's not like it it's fits small. a whole bunch of us. I saw it. It's small. And did you close the door? Oh, yeah. Close yeah. the door and lock the door because the sirens are going off. And usually if it's a warning, they'll go off once. These were like nonstop. Mm. And so I, I'm trying to log on to the app to watch the news because they have an app that you can then turn to because you charge your phone. You you know you have to charge your phone up and get it ready. Well, so many people are texting me. I can't watch the app because everybody in the area is watching it and they see where it's going, oh. which is my house. Um, and so I'm getting all these texts. I can't watch the thing. And all I'm, all I know is like my friend Larissa is texting me. Uh, she's like, are, are you in, are you in? And then I've got another friend texting. Are you, you get in your shelter, get in your shelter right now. And all these texts are coming through, get in the shelter, get it. It's right out. It was right out your window. And uh, I mean, could, hey, from in the shelter, that even has a concrete roof. If I remember right, does, can you hear anything in there? Oh yeah, because there's a um like a pipe that goes up oh, to the top, air. so you have air. Yeah. Um, so you can hear, and that thing is whirring around, and all I know is like, okay, um, so so I think it was around ten, and around ten thirty, everybody had said, okay, you're clear, because the storm was moving like really fast. They said eighty miles an hour, sending out, but then there were just spin ups happening everywhere, all over the place, and so I get that. I, my friend Larissa is like, I, I would get out now. And I was like, that means I need to stay in here another 15 minutes because <laughs> you're an Oklahoma person. So we finally emerge 
And I get a phone call from the people that have two horses here boarded and in training and they live two miles away. And he calls me and he's like, how's the barn? How's the barn? How's the barn? And I was like, I don't know. I just came out of this shelter. It's pitch black. And so I was like, I got to put Lucas to bed and then I'll go check. And I was like, what's going on with you? He's like, everything's gone. Everything's gone. We, we, our house is, our, our house is missing part of the roof. Um, but our house is there, but they have 50 trees in their front yard. Everything's gone. They couldn't even get out. They had to like put it in four wheel drive to even try to get out. And they're trying to come to my house. And I was like, so they got hit. So they got hit. And so I called Ginger who lives in the tiny house down at the front of the property. And I'm like, what is going on? Is the barn still standing? And she says, yes, I can see the barn. The barn's still standing, but there's some things out in the pasture. Okay, let me get Lucas to bed and I'll get some clothes on and I come down to the barn and we're missing a horse. And I was just it like, wasn't Zeus. We know that. I so. know. Thank God. <laughs> it's, but I have another Zeus now. His name is Max and Max is being boarded. And she's like, I can't find Max. And Max <laughs> is the one who I kissed on the nose. And I said, make good decisions. Stay in here. <laughs> uh, well, apparently in the storm, I have a bunch of electric fence. And so all that electric fence was pulled up. And I also have a couple old outbuildings that were here before we came. And those roofs are gone lifted off and there's like metal pieces all over the pasture. So it's, it's pitch black. And by the way, Max is black and white, but mostly black. So I am carrying a halter walking around pastures with a cell phone flashlight looking for a black horse. And, and, uh, and I, sh- so she takes one and I take the other and we're trying to avoid, uh, you know, all of the roofing pieces that are in the pasture. And I hear, I found him, I found him. Because the electric fence had lifted out of the ground, he was quite a ways away in another pasture. And so I was able to go grab him. And he's real spooky anyway. So I'm like, I walk up with the halter and the cell phone flashlight. I'm like, hi, friend. <laughs> he's just had a rough time. He didn't You're want to see you. <laughs> so pretty. I love you so much. What a good boy. You know, and he at this point is like, please take me. Oh, yeah. I'm done me. with this. <laughs> I can't do this any longer. So I, the horses that have nothing in their pasture, I put them out. I bring him in. I've got Jack, the old horse. I've got Duke, the old horse. I've got Effie, the baby. I'm like, y'all are living in here, but we have no power and, and we're on a well. So no, there's no water. Now I'd filled up some tubs. We're like lugging tubs around. We're moving stuff around. We've got horses in, we've got horses out. It was just utter chaos. And again, it's like 1130 at night at this point. And we finally get everything battened down. And the people that lost their house that have horses boarded, I had to call them. I'm like, I found Max. We're good. He's good. Everybody's good. No injuries here. Um, and she was, they, they were just like, it's pitch, it's pitch black. But like, we, we don't know what to do. I mean, this is a mess. Like, it is a mess. So the next yeah, morning. They couldn't first, stay in their house, right? Yeah, but they could stay in their house, but the houses around them. Are are gone are gone, um, so they they opened up shelters everywhere, but there's no power and there are electric light poles just across every road. So the next morning, when you start to look at the aftermath, the actual path of the tornado was less than a, a mile from me where the as the crow flies and went uh, this swath from southeast to northwest and hit several farms and houses and the local eventing 
facility, Feather Creek Farm, was is destroyed. That's I mean, the one we saw the pictures of the roof gone? The roof was ripped off. All the horses are still in the stalls, and the roof was ripped off. Can you imagine? How did the horses not get sucked out? I always wonder about that. I know? don't know. I don't know. I mean, divine intervention, I guess. You know, none of them the were hurt? All the horses were fine. A little All terrorized, horses, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but, th- you know, they have a GoFundMe for Feather Creek you can go look at, but it is just terrifying, the whole the whole situation. And we went over to our friends who lost a lot. And I mean, all of all of us who were involved realized how lucky we are because nobody got hurt. You know, no humans got hurt. None of our animals got hurt. I mean, it was as as lucky and beautiful uh, of a situation as you can have in that type of situation. And again, I'm like, how big a dumbass am I to move to this godforsaken tornado alley place? Like, geez, Louise, no wonder the land is so cheap. It's because this place is godforsaken tornado Philip, I'm like, uh, you know what? I'm not the only person that lives here. Other people live here. I can't be the only crazy person. Only, everybody's crazy lives around here. Why would you live here? I don't know. I live here because family lives here and it was not my choice. And it's not anything I could do about it. So I'm stuck here. On the positive the note, though, how long have you lived there? <sighs> um, on the positive note, I've lived here now, I think, three and a half years. And this is the first real close one. Yeah, that is enough. It because the South has been getting, you would have had more closer ones living in Georgia the last couple of years. It's, the South has been getting hammered. They're going to get and hammered it, again today and tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you live. You're going to have yeah. something. But like my, I talked to my stepdad yesterday and he's like, we're in hurricanes. Don't seem so bad. And I'm like, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. How about, how about 10 feet of snow in California? That's just nuts. Right? It doesn't <laughs> matter where you live. You're going to have snow Earthquakes, tornadoes, uh, Well, you did scare thousands of people the other night. We were all, as you know, because you kept getting messages from all of us. So Yeah, and, and that's what I just want to send out love to all of you that messaged me. Can I can I give you a little sure. piece of my yeah, um, actual real life here? Is that I had a friend in Colorado message me. The people that I bought red from in New Jersey messaged me. I had friends in California message me. I had friends in Florida message me. I had a friend in Maine message me. Do you know how many of my family members messaged me? <laughs> Zero. Well, they were letting you. They knew you were going to be dealing with things. They didn't want to. I called my dad yesterday. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't know, dad. Do you want to ask maybe how things turned out after the tornado? And he's like, what? I'm like, dad, you watch a local, you watch like Fox 5 all the time. You cannot tell me this is like national news. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. My brother clicked like on my post, so he's in the know. <laughs> my other brother, no message. My mom called yesterday and was like, wow, how's it going? I was like, oh my God. My in-laws just got power yesterday. They live a mile away. Um, it's definitely and they were closer crazy. To, they're closer to town, aren't they? They are. They're about a mile closer, but it, it, it doesn't matter. A farm boy came out yesterday or day before yesterday, and it took him it, what's usually a 10-minute drive. It took him an hour wow. to get here because of all the road Trees closures and, and all the poles. power lines down and everything. It's just utter crazy chaos, and it will remain that way. I, I know Feather Creek has asked people, like, if you're just driving by, please stop in and help 
pick up things. And that's what I've been doing is I'm going around. Yeah, what my, about the roof? You need to get that out of the field, right? Yeah, I mean, th- well, that's what we did the next morning is like Chad got the tractor out and we went and picked up big roof pieces and we took them out to the road because if they declared a national disaster, then things will be picked up off the road. Um, but we have a dumpster, so we are picking everything up and moving everything around. And then I have to get the magnet out, the giant push magnet. And I mean, I, I vacuumed up a billion nails, rusty nails and, and all that. And I did at yesterday, I offered Feather Creek. I was like, Hey, I've got, now I've got my paddocks cleaned up. I've got two extra paddocks. If you guys need anything and I haven't heard anything. So I did offer to allow horses to come here, but I had to get my stuff cleaned up first, you know, before I could put a horse in the pasture with nails. And I mean, it's, I'm sure there's still things out there, but man, I walked over that thing with this little roller magnet, 10,000 times. And so it's definitely crazy. It's definitely Can it, horrifying. We definitely got lucky. And well, we're all like, glad you're okay and that everybody's all right. There were a couple things from the pictures. You drove around and took some pictures in the neighborhood there. Yeah. there a couple things that stood out to me. And one is the question always comes up. And it was, I saw people asking you, what'd you do? Did you bring them in or put them out? We've had this conversation how many times in this show over the years? Do you? Put the horses in the barn during bad weather, hurricanes, whatever, leave them out. And there's people that believe both. I you, we're like you, you can't you can't outrun debris. Well, that's it. We're like you. The debris is what our our concern is. Um, so, but the the fencing that was the vinyl fencing that oh, you took man. pictures vinyl fencing did not fare well. No. No. Oh my God! It just snapped it off. Where did it all it's go? Gone. Uh, no, it was in trees. So all the vinyl fencing that I saw, you'll see. I also posted pictures of vinyl fencing up in trees, and um, at Feather Creek they use vinyl fencing, but only for like the pretty entrance, <clears throat> and it doesn't house any horses. I learned in Arizona you can't have vinyl fencing because the sun yeah it makes, just, it just makes it just dissipate. Yeah, right. But yeah, the vinyl fencing. Anybody that had that, it was just gone. Um, well, then you got to th- figure those posts, the way they break, they're sharp, sharp points. Mm-hmm. And those are flying through the air at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, you know, so when I first moved here, I said, what do you do with the horses? You bring them in, leave them out. The thing is, there's usually hail associated with weather, and hail makes horses run. You know, they don't like, oh, let me get under that sheltered they're like oh my god and yeah. so they start running the other thing is debris flying around yes they can like run tornado but like roofs <laughs> yeah. like metal jagged fencing all the things that that have broken i mean if you go back and watch um the wizard of oz go look there's a dang cow flying around <laughs> in that thing you never know well, you i know? mean Who it knows? turns tractor trailer trucks upside down so you know it, you know, and the local news the next day was out of the area, and they're like, they're like, look at this. This whole car is just covered with insulation. The whole car is covered with insulation. It's amazing. Look, it looks like it snowed right on this car. Amazing. And then they pan back, and there's a car that is on top of another car. And I'm like, there's your story, you dingbat. <laughs> like, the other well, thing I saw, too, speaking of cars in the news there, is that all the cars looked like they had been – had. They just looked like they, it wasn't hail, but they had dents in all through the side. So something, rocks or something was hitting that car. All debris yep. flying around. So yeah, somebody told me when I first moved here, you know, and it might have been Patty, our listener, like you, you bring them in and I'm like, well, she's like, it protects you from debris. And I was like, but what about if the tornado hits the, 
actual barn and she was like might have been Ch- I remember who it was. They said you walk in the barn and you kiss him on the nose and you tell him you'll see him tomorrow. And that's the best you can do because the if you turn him out, the debris is going to get him. And if you leave him in, it's a direct hit. It's just a horrible reality to be faced with. Um, so we did the best we can. You know, more. I have a Morton barn and our roof is rated for. We had to give next of kin information when we were buying the barn. So that and we have hurricane straps on our house. So that we we went all out. Not not ever. Everybody has the opportunity to do that. So I do understand. And obviously Feather Creek suffered uh, the, the, the old, old barn roof ripped off kind of thing. Um, hopefully they have really good insurance and they'll be able to build back stronger. Well, the other thing, uh, so the vinyl fencing was, that was the biggie there. That was my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when we had, uh, we lived in Pennsylvania, our first farm was 100 acres, and we had a blizzard that had 10-foot drifts, and it was just, we were without power for a week, and it was bad. Uh, but it ripped most of the metal roof off the barn. The problem mm-hmm. with that is the pieces of metal roof were all through the paddocks in snow drifts. Oh, God. So you couldn't see them. So we had to literally wait for the snow to melt to get the metal out of the snow to be able to put the horses out in most of our fields because they were filled with these these big chunks of tin. Yeah, and that's what we had to do is walk around and pick yeah. up metal. Same thing. We didn't have snow, thank God. Yeah, because, you know, we... You know, we couldn't oh. walk through it either because you'd cut yourself. You didn't know where they were. They were buried. Mm-hmm. You know, so imagine that metal roof lying around with horses that are outside. You know, just I'm all, we always went for the bring them in. And it was what you said. It was, look, if it's a direct hit, nothing's going to help. Right. If it's a direct yeah. hit goes across your farm, your horses are gone anyway. Um, at least this way they have a shot. <laughs> yeah. And I'll still take hurricanes, by the way, over your situation because we know it's coming for days. The the problem with those tornadoes is you just don't know. But I'm glad you got in the shelter. I wasn't sure you'd ever do that. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I definitely, I'm not ashamed. I was in there. I mean, again, every single person in the local area was calling me like, get in your shelter. It's right outside your window. I'm like, that's fun. That This is really <laughs> relaxing. You know, what's really cool is Lucas was like, my throat hurts because, of course, he gave me this cold. And I was like, oh, ooh, there's an equal right here. Here you go. Take a little sip. How did you all fit? (laughs) I took pictures, actually. So I was was up against the door. The darn parakeet is to my left. Homer is on my left trying to eat the parakeet, who I eventually covered with a blanket. Belle is on my right, on my right leg. Homer's on my left leg. Zinni's packed up against the wall. Lucas and Danny are laying out like they're in, you know, laying by the pool. They're just, they're (laughs) just snuggling and having a good time. So, but at one point I was like, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I've gotten numb from sitting up against this door. I was like, I need to stand up. I got to get out of here. Uh, but it, it, again, you're not in it tremendously long, Lord willing. Yeah, that you is know? the difference with the hurricane where you're 14 hours of 100 mile an hour winds. Yeah. yeah. No, this is like it's it's here and it's gone and you just kind of go and look at it. Again, this is my first experience with something like this. So I don't know. Now, was Chad flying through it? Oh, God. Can you imagine the stress of your husband watching this as he's not here? Mm. You know, and so he was actually in the air flying back to Dallas when it happened. And so he landed in Dallas at 11, 12 o'clock. Oh, he um, must have been a mess. <laughs> oh, God. And he drove. He got he got in about three o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, and the power came back on about four. 
which is always fun when you're like in the middle of sleeping and all of a sudden all the lights are on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just got to sleep. <laughs> you said the next morning you were you were a trooper. You you texted me. We were texting and you texted me and said, "Well, the power's back on. I could do the show." I was like, "Hell no! Come out and deal with your situation." Like, oh, thank God! I was like, I just <laughs> I, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can do it. I guess. I mean, I'm physically capable, but I just yeah. No. And so that next no cleanup Monday takes morning, longer than you think. <clears throat> yeah. And again, again, I am so lucky. We got so lucky. We were able to get cleaned up in, you know, about half the day it took to clean up. And and, I mean, there's still stuff to be done. But for the, you know, I was back to being functional. I was back to training horses yesterday, which is incredible. Um, But there are definitely people that did not experience that. And I'm so sorry for you. And I'm going to try to help as much as I can. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for your report. And we're, we're all glad that you're all okay. Um, and we're thinking about everybody that lost their farms and um, houses and all of that. And we're wishing everybody good luck that is in the South and also California right now. Oh, California. Uh, t- 10 feet of snow. When I saw the video of some of the snow on the roads and the cars stuck in it, I've never seen that much snow on a road. That was I crazy. think I saw one police uh, tweet that was like, the roads are closed. Yes. All of them. Too. Do not go anywhere. <laughs> If you are where you're not supposed to be, we do. We are sorry that that is uh, you've made bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't call us. We're tired of rescuing your ass. Uh, anyway, Stateline Tech right now. I went over there to StatelineTech.com, and I found that they have a whole bunch of new Ariat stuff that has come in. So you can check that out. Uh, they got Ariat, a bunch of new Ariat boots. I cannot believe Ariat has come out with new cowboy boots. They have a thousand styles already. They don't have any, so they need more. <laughs> a thousand styles of cowboy boots, and now there's more styles. I, you know, it's, I don't know. I want to know how many styles of cowboy boots there are in the world. The one thing they did get is new uh, terrain boots. I did notice when I was at Wisa that they redesigned the terrain boots, and that's the paddock boot-like uh, that a lot of people wear those. Uh, and they got new shirts and tops and uh, breeches and all kinds of stuff uh, from Ariat now available. There is, as a matter of fact, of the new products that have come out, there's uh, almost 40 of them. So you want to check those out right now at statelinetech.com for all the new Ariat stuff. I know a lot of you are Ariat lovers. Uh, and you can see if, if you need a new pair of cowboy boots, they got new ones for you. Nobody will have the same ones uh, in your area for a while. So be the first. Go get your new pair of cowboy boots today at statelinetack.com. Did they tell you, by the way, about Ariat's name when you were owning tack shops? Or do you even know what Ariat is? I used to, but I don't anymore. So it's part of the word secretariat, supposedly. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I've never heard it's that. It's secretariat, but it's Ariat. <clears throat> Ariat. <laughs> A-R, because his name is spelled S-E-C-R-E-T-A-R-I-A-T. Well, that makes sense then. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I didn't know that. There, You were today, today, years old when you learned something. <laughs> yes, I was. Uh, let's get to our first, our only guest of the day. And we're going to, it is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO, core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. We have Kristen Janicki coming on, and she wrote an article in thehorse.com by the way, one of our fellow uh, 
one of our fellow brands here at Equine Network, and she did an article on equine nutrition myths. It was called Equine, equine Nutrition Myths Busted. So we're going to find out what some of those myths are and let her tell us how she busted them. And uh, Kristen has been a performance horse nutritionist for an industry feed manufacturer for more than a decade. Her job entails evaluating and improving the performance of sport horses through proper nutrition. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for joining us today. This is a fun topic. Yeah, it is. I'm glad to be with you guys. So we came up with four that we wanted to talk about today. We'll see if we get to all of them. Um, The first myth that uh, we wanted to talk about is horses have nutritional wisdom and will seek out nutrients to meet their needs. Now, Like if they're eating dirt or something, you mean? Right. Well, right, yeah. I got to tell you, I have a hackney pony. I don't think he has any nutritional wisdom. He eats every damn thing. So <laughs> I'm not sure this is true, but you you let us know. Uh, we get a lot of these type of questions about my horses licking dirt or eating bark off a tree, chewing the fence, just basically being destructive. Um, so what are they missing? They're obviously seeking something out. And the answer is probably nothing. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, sometimes horses do dumb things and they just chew on stuff and we don't really know why. And they've done research looking at um, possibly what could be missing in their diet. And usually it's nothing. Now, during the winter, we do see horses that um, are on a really stemmy, indigestible fiber source like a round bale, sometimes that indigestible fiber tends to make them feel fuller faster. And so then they aren't hungry, but they need to do something. Um, so that sometimes is a is an issue for horses that are on like a, a stemmier type of fiber that just get bored. But other than that, um, there really doesn't seem to be any reason why they would um, lick dirt or eat bark or so it's like boredom that. and stupidity is what we're putting that up to yeah and yeah. basic annoyance you know like yeah. they just see they see you they're like i got you i'm gonna destroy this fence right now <laughs> <laughs> jamie never had any of those no hashtag damn it zeus um so <laughs> so the second one feeding grain will cause a horse to colic now this has to be one of the most common ones i think Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that can cause a horse to colic. So colic is basically any sort of abdominal pain, right? So, um, and we know that horses are very prone to finding ways to die. So (laughs) any, anything, any way that they can um, (laughs) cause injury to themselves, it will happen. But there is certain risks that with grain that will, you know, can increase their risk for colic, such as, you know, having large meals of it. If the large starchy meals um, of grain are are fed, that can cause digestive upsets because the larger the meal, the more um, of that feed source is not going to be digested in the stomach and small intestine and can spill over to large intestine causing digestive upset. So it's more a it's more of a what's in it and how much you're feeding and other factors that can go into play, like your horse isn't drinking water, there's not enough fiber um, available, etc. So it's not grain that causes it. Usually it's a, a combination of different factors that would go in and, you know, 
if a horse did tend to colic on grain, usually it's multifactorial, not just because of the grain itself. And where you usually see that is if a horse hasn't been getting grain and all of a sudden the owner throws a lot at them at once. Yeah, uh, exactly. you know, Or they change it and they change the quantity. Uh, you know, there's usually a change involved of some kind. Right. Uh, that Am I correct there? Or is that a myth? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. that is 100% true. They actually, they did a study at Texas A&M, I think it was Dr. Noah Cohen who did the study, but he looked at reasons for colic cases that were coming into their veterinary clinic. So we're talking about severe cases that aren't resolved at the barn, right? They're coming into the clinic. Um, and the reason that they found for most of the colic cases was a recent change of hay. And people don't think about that. You know, they just, you know, don't transition to different hays, different batches of hay, different fields, et cetera. Slowly, you just, you know, you're just feeding hay and just not even thinking about it. But that was the number one reason why horses were coming to to the clinic for colic. Which really sucks for us people in Florida that can't stock up on hay. So we're buying new batches right. all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's good to actually kind of mix them in the best you can and to really limit that being a factor. So I know Jamie feeds beet pulp and my wife feeds beet pulp every day. Uh, and the myth is beet pulp must be soaked before feeding or it will cause a horse to choke or rupture its stomach. Um, and I know I've had, I believe this myth because I panic anytime she goes and the beet pulp hasn't been sitting there for like 80 hours, right? <laughs> Soaking up. And I'm like, she just put that water in there 10 minutes ago and we're feeding it already. And she's like, it'll be fine. So is it fine? It is fine. Okay, good. <laughs> In most cases, it is fine that they will not choke. It will, or they will not cause it to rupture their stomach. So, choke has a multifactorial reasons for occurring in horses, and usually it has to do with not not the texture or the consistency of what they're eating, but the speed that they eat it in. Same so with people, they, right? It's the same yeah, thing when yeah. people choke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If, you if didn't chew your food. Be, right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're getting the Heimlich, you really need to slow down and think about your life. <laughs> or now watch a movie with a jump scare in it. Thank you very much. That's why I had to get the Heimlich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. So some horses are just very excited about eating. Uh, so they will tend to eat faster and try to get as much food into their mouth as possible. So those types of horses, definitely, we know that soaking feed, whether it be bee pulp or pellets or whatever, can help slow them down in, in their eating. So anytime you have horses that are um, tend to eat really fast, have a history of choking, um, are older and have some dental issues or are in a competitive landscape, <laughs> like group feeding situation, sometimes they will eat as fast as they can. And so soaking just helps slow them down and make them like chew a little bit more. I did question. So yeah, let, let me, let me yeah. get deeper into that. I've always heard soak, don't choke for beet pulp. Right. Are you saying yeah. that beet pulp can be fed, not soaked? Yes, it can. It very rarely is, but it actually, it can, as long as the horse is able to chew properly, there's none of those factors going in. It can be fed. It's not preferred that way. A lot of times there is loose beet pulp that is in the grains that we feed, the commercial grains that we feed, and you don't even know it. So um, that's not always being soaked. 
You know, on the other side, I have noticed that a couple times that we've tried to feed it dry, they just won't eat it. It's too like dry. They don't. They don't yeah. like it as much. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Yep. That's a imagine good taking a too. bowl of like like um, some sort of really textured cereal yeah. in a bowl, and then instead of pouring milk, you just start gobbling that down. I mean, come on. <laughs> You're going to want some milk. There's a reason we put milk in cereal. Same thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, just shredded make it breakfast wheat. cereal. Yeah, it's shredded wheat dry. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Um, all right, next one. We're getting through these. We might get to all of them. Um, so get, giving water to a hot horse will cause them to colic. This has been a topic that's come up a lot in the last couple of years because there's been more research about this. Right. Um, so really, it's vital that any horse that is hot from exertion or the temperature just getting insane if they live out in in the southwest like in Arizona and they get too hot in the sun or usually they're a high level performance horse it's really important that they have water to help cool them down um so this is something that they need to cool down properly so prohibiting them from drinking is is going to be a problem but there is no research that shows any relationship between giving water to a hot horse and colic. Usually it has something, if there is an incidence of colic, it probably has to do with something else. It had nothing to do with the water. Water is vital to help them cool their down, cool down their body properly and restore their temperature. So So when I was a hot walker at the track and the horses would come back and they'd need to be walked, we would walk the horses by their stall and there was a bucket on the outside of their stall and we would let them drink, but only for like, you know, 30 seconds and then keep walking and go around the barn and come back and let them drink a little more. Is it more beneficial to, to kind of break it up like that? Or are you going to just let them suck a bucket down? Um, If they drink, excessively (laughs) buckets and buckets of water, it's probably best to limit the amount that they're doing. Um, But there really isn't a reason to limit any water. There's no harm in doing so. How about ice water? Does it matter the temperature of the water? Yeah. Well, horses won't drink it if it's too cold. So they do prefer tepid temperature water, even in the winter, you know, they want something that's about 50 to 50, 40, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So they prefer that temperature of water. They probably won't drink anything that's too cold. But um, just like thinking about, you know, after you go for a run, if you have like a huge glass of really cold water, iced tea or something like that, um, you can't drink it very fast or else you get a brain freeze. (laughs) All right, we have time for one more, and I got to do this one. So when we lived in Pennsylvania, we had a big farm, and the neighbors all grew corn. So when they would, (laughs) you know, take their cow corn in, we would go out with 55-gallon drums, Mm -hmm. drive around the fields and pick up all the corn that fell on the ground. These are whole ears of corn. We used to peel them, and we used to throw them in the drums. And all winter long, we would give them corn-on-the-cob treats. And my ponies loved corn-on-the-cob. They they would just eat it like we would. You know, they would eat the corn off. Very seldom they ate the cobs, actually, but they would eat the corn off for sure. And it was so funny to watch them eat it. One of the myths is corn is horrible for horses. So if it was horrible for horses, I killed my horses. But (laughs) that pony lived to 45. So I'm saying it was the reason the pony lived so long. (laughs) 
I'm giving the corn credit for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, corn is not the enemy at all. So there is oh, a time shoot. and a place. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and a place for corn. Now, I don't know, Glenn, if that was the best situation for your pony, because the more research that we do, the more we know that ponies are definitely prone to metabolic conditions and laminitis. Oh, I so never have fat ponies. Not he me. He might I have did. lived to 45, but he had no front hooves. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so corn does have its time and a place for a horse's Well, diet. and it's how much you feed, too. Obviously, you're not yeah. giving them 12 years of corn, right? Don't right. do what Glenn did, please. <laughs> Everybody listen. Corn please. will cause your horse to live to 45. <laughs> I guarantee it. No. <laughs> right. So corn itself is highly, highly digestible by the horse. We've done research on this. We know that horses digest it very readily when um, it's used as an energy source. It's high in starch. So it's around 70% starch, which is a great energy source for horses that need it, like race horses or high intense working horses. But we know that some horses just cannot handle that much starch and really need a limited diet. So um, in certain situations, it is the perfect energy source for horses. It's highly digestible. Um, but not everyone needs that much energy. <laughs> well, if we go back in history, too, I know we lived in Amish country. The Amish, not so much today, but in the old days, they used to feed their draft horses a lot of corn, right? Right. One, they yes. had it because they grew it, right? So right. it was available. But they would feed corn. Now, I don't know if they fed it on, you know, they probably ground uh, again, it up. But... do not, as a person who owns a former Amish horse, do not do what the Amish do. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> right. Um, but they did have, um, also with that type of situation, they had a lot of issues with tying up. Um, right. And we yeah. have learned that like in draft horses and other types of horses, tying up is related to the excessive amount of starch and sugar in their diet, which they can't process properly in their muscles. So that causes tying up. So we do know that it did cause, you know, there was some other issues that went along with it, even though it was a readily available for them so so what we, we learn a lot more bottom line when it comes down to is what we've always said about everything including humans what we eat it's just don't o overdo anything right you're you, yeah you just don't overdo anything every diet should every diet of every horse should start with a great quality forage source and then go from there and build it from there so and all in mod moderation is the best to go so i have to give up my one chocolate cake a week um Probably a whole cake? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Kristen, you've been great. You've been a good sport to put up with us. We really appreciate it. Where can people find... I'll put a link to the article that you did in The Horse, but where else can they find you? Um, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. So I can also be reached by email. It's kristen.janicky at gmail.com. If you want to send me a message, I'm glad to help with any diet questions. Very good. Thank you, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Well, speaking of good nutrition, Daily Dose Equine offers a full line of handcrafted horse feeds to maximize the health and performance of horses and ponies of all ages. Each custom feed has been developed with whole grains and non-GMO ingredients to eliminate the risk of herbicide contamination. They are horse people themselves and have seen firsthand the difference that superior nutrition can have with our equine partners. We invite you to learn more about Daily Dose Equine's origins and to find a formula that fits perfectly for your horse at Daily 
dosequine.com. This year was the first year that Scooter was not super chunky. He actually looked good all year, and we had switched him to Carb Buster. So Carb Buster is one of their their feeds. You'll see it in there. You can go to Chewy, by the way, and get this delivered right to your house for free. And that's where well, we get I think ours. Miles is going to need it. <laughs> yeah, Carb Buster is great. He was less chunky. And the one thing we noticed this year, he's always had skin problems. Living in Florida, a lot of horses do. But this year, his skin was better. We didn't have as many skin problems. We used to have to give him allergy medicine all the time, and we didn't have to this year. So uh, I'm blaming the carb buster. I think that was... Uh, blaming. I'm blaming it. I'm blaming it for all the good that happened. So, And guess what, Glenn? Yes. I just went to carb buster. Do they have corn in it? No corn. <laughs> no wheat. No soy. By the way, today's the day we moved the horses to their new boarding stable, too. So that's what I'm doing right after the show. But my second big announcement... Before we get to weird news today is that we have announced the Horse Lovers Cruise for 2024. And I know a bunch of you have already emailed and signed up. So uh, we're, we're excited about that. I know a lot of you had to get canceled last time because of COVID. Hopefully that won't be a problem next time. Uh, but it's February the 4th of 2024. We're going on one of the largest ships in the world called Symphony of the Seas. It's an Oasis class. I just call it a big ass ship. It's a big ship. Um, so we're, we're taking that ship. It's a six-night cruise. Uh, a lot of these on the big ships are seven or eight nights. I wanted to find one with a six-night because I know a lot of you can't get away from the farm that long. It's in February, so what's a better time to go on a cruise to get out of the snow and everything? Uh, we're leaving this time out of Fort Lauderdale, so if you wanted to come in a couple days early and go to the beach, you could do that. Um, and we have all the details on the website. I'll just tell you a little bit about the ship. This ship has uh, 18 decks, 25 pools, 23 restaurants, 42 bars, and uh, 2,700 staterooms. So it holds a total of 5,500 guests. The shows and all of the stuff that are on this ship are incredible. We've been on on before. Um, and it, as I said, we're going to be stopping. Uh, we're going to have a couple of sea days. We're going to be stopping at Royal Caribbean's private island of Labadee, which is in Haiti, which is one of our favorite places. It's really cool. Uh, Falmouth, Jamaica, which I've never been to Jamaica. So this will be our first time going to Jamaica. And then Nassau, which is the place where we can do the trail rides on the beach. Um, so I have to see if Jennifer's up for leading that again. She's done that a few times. So uh, we'll find out about that or if they're still open. Uh, so Fort Lauderdale, there's a airport right there. You can fly right into Fort Lauderdale. We're going to be staying overnight like we always do the night before. We recommend you come in the day before. Stay overnight with us. We always have a pizza party the night before the cruise at the hotel. Uh, and then we all head over and board the ship. And then we have a bunch of things planned on the ship. We we have a welcome reception where we all get together on the first day. We hand out goodie bags. Uh, we talk about the schedule for the week. We do a horse husband's meetup one night. And the ladies do a horsey game night. They all get together and drink bottles of wine and play game, horsey games. Uh, we're going to do our own game of trivia, horsey style. Trivia's competitions are well known on the ship. They have a bunch of them on every cruise. We're going to do our own version of that one day. And we group dinners together nightly and hang out together as much as possible. So uh, I, I imagine we'll have around 50 people and they're all listeners. So you all have something in common to talk about. 
Uh, and it's just be a lot of fun. The prices are really good. If you go to the website right now at horseradionetwork.com and click on the Horse Lovers banner, the prices will not go down over time. They always go up. So definitely, if you're going to book, book with the minimum deposit now. And so I have a get question about a cruise. Yes. So I'm watching 1923, which is the sequel to 1883. That's the one with what's his name, right? Uh, Paris and Port. Yes. And so Spencer and Alexandra are boarding a cruise ship, but like Alexandra's ex, I can't give it all away, but like, are they still allowed to like challenge each other to a duel? I've never dueled on a cruise. No, I've never done that. I have. So you can play miniature golf. (laughs) <laughs> so there's no choose your weapon duel that no. is allowed. Did they do it on the top deck so the loser falls off into the water? I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Yes, it was on the top deck. Okay. Yes. Cruise ships are Somebody a little different now, too. Off. They're a little bigger than they were back then. Just because like the captain came out, I was like, it was like a thing. Or like you challenge another gentleman to a duel on the top. What of year the was deck. this? 1800? 1923. They were doing duels in 1923? There was a duel. <laughs> of course, we all know it's true, right? So, I wonder when duels ended. We need to look that up, because I don't know when duels ended. Probably with this one. <laughs> it didn't go well. All right. Check out horseradionetwork.com for all the details on the cruise, and we would love to see you there. But now it's time for some weird news. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yeah, this is just keeps going. It's never ending. If you see a story and you're like, well, that is super weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, just like this is one week. Lindsay, Laureen, Allie, Rochelle, Glenn, Joe Lynn, Nicole, and Electra all did. Thank you, guys. I'm not telling you who sends me what because it's none of your business where they'd be reading the news. Now, this one I will tell you is Glenn. And Glenn sent me this one because he likes to shame Georgia, much like I like to shame <laughs> Florida. So he'll send me weird stuff about Georgia. And this happened in Richmond County, Georgia, which is just outside of Augusta, which is where the Masters Tournament is and like Pine Top uh, Horse Trials. Like it's, it's it's There's a lot going on out there. Well, there's a lot going on to this Richmond County, Georgia woman because she she drove her car up to Popeye's and she ordered herself, you know, a six piece meal and some biscuits and she started to pull away and realized that there's no biscuits in there. So what'd she do? You got to make sure your people in Georgia biscuits. She needs her biscuits, Glenn. (laughs) And what did she do to get her biscuits? Her name is Brenda Miller. She turned that car right around and went back to that Popeye's and drove directly into the entrance of the restaurant. <laughs> she just pulled right along. Boom! Crashes into the front. I want my biscuits! <laughs> um, the store is saying allegedly they gave her biscuits after she complained the first time, but she was so mad she turned around again. She says she just didn't have any biscuits, and so she just turned around. Apparently, before the car was driven into the restaurant, she was accused of making several threats to the staff about her you missing know what, though, biscuits. This, let's be honest. If this goes to a jury trial in Georgia, and the jury hears this woman didn't get biscuits, they might let her off. 
she actually fled the scene, Glenn. She fled the scene. No and kidding. She went home and was eating her alcohol. Biscuits. Not involved in this one. Yeah, and then uh, they did the police reports that her car was found at home with a massive front end oh, damage. Oh, she actually and, got it out of the building. Oh yeah, she drove it in. <laughs> I want my biscuits, and then reversed and went home. Uh, she is charged with assault and criminal damage to the property. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> Uh, apparently, one Popeye's employee had to like Superman dive out of the way to get out of the way. I mean, imagine if you're just like sitting there with your kids and some crazy lady goes and drives her car into the Popeye's. You know what? All right, that, they're not the sponsor. I'm giving her that. Don't go to Popeye's. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Yeah, Nothing she- healthy is going to happen to Popeye's. <laughs> Those this biscuits are good, though. <laughs> this is in the vein of what could possibly go wrong. Okay, what could possibly go wrong? Cornelius, Oregon. There's a gentleman whose gutters were frozen, and the water was just, you know, the snow was just running off, and he wanted his gutters to work again. So he's like, I need to thaw the ice inside my gutters. So what did he do? He took a blowtorch <laughs> to his gutters. Well, it does melt ice. He's going to melt the ice. Hmm. However, what state was this again? Oregon. Oh. However, what happened was <laughs> he ended up blowtorching and catching his roof on fire. So Cornelius Fire has now offered a warning of what not to do when trying to melt the ice after gutters. They were called up to the house fire when this guy, unnamed, Below torched his gutters to de-ice them. The entire roof caught on fire. There are photos. And uh, yeah, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Cornelius Fire asked people to never use open flames to melt ice or snow off a building or anything combustible. Thank you for that, Cornelius Fire. Apparently, warnings are on, labels are on things for reasons. These are like the people that use like dynamite to get the bugs out of the, or a, a mole out of the backyard, you know? Exactly. It's, it's same people. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. <laughs> I need to get that saying for this in between stories. Where they continue with the fast food restaurant. But Glenn, where are we going to go this time? Florida. We're going to go to Florida. Jupiter, Florida. We're hitting to be all exact. the goodies here today. Yeah. Um. Do you know where Jupiter, Florida? Is that close to you? I don't think so. I'll look that up. I think it's down on the coast. Let me look it up. So this time we're going to go to Wendy's, not not churches or Popeyes or whatever that one was. No, don't you pick um, on Wendy's because I love the Frosties. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, um, don't work at Wendy's and or don't do this. Um, a Jupiter, Florida man was arrested uh, on. Oh, it's down Wednesday. near Wellington. <laughs> yeah, Loxahatchee actually. Yeah, it, yeah that's it right. Says, um, yeah, that's... Joshua James, twenty three years old, was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And a multiple amount of oh, other let things. me guess what he didn't get. He didn't get a Frosty. You know, it, he got what he wanted. I think oh. he was trying to be funny oh. or something. So uh, apparently James, Joshua James, pulled up for his order. He's 23 years old. Pulled up for his order and the server handed him his drink and then turned around. And that is when James thought it would be awesome 
to throw a three and a half foot alligator through the window <laughs> of the drive through into the Wendy's. That is the most Florida story in the history of Florida stories. I know. It is so Florida. Um, he was uh, charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, illegally possessing or capturing an alligator and a second degree larceny petite theft, according to Palm Beach Sheriff's Office. Um, yeah. No word on where he got the gator. I would imagine they're everywhere down there. So you just pick one up and just yeah, like, all the don't canals down there window. have gators. Uh, but that poor you usually woman. don't carry them in the car with you. That poor woman working the window. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Right. She's she's wrong forever. <laughs> God, she's never going to sleep again. No. And, and certainly she can't be the drive through window girl. Anymore. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. That is or the he. most Florida story we've ever had. <laughs> that's, that's just crazy. Ha ha. Here's the alligator. <laughs> and now we're going to go to Las Vegas. Yes. We're hitting all the biggies today. Yeah, you know, um, the don't we have a listener who's driving the LL Bean boot around? They were, yeah, she was. Country? She's not doing it anymore. Yeah, let, Mandy. Yeah, yeah. So there's the LL Bean boot car, but there's also the Wienermobile. We all know the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's a 27 foot hot dog shaped vehicle, and um, it was parked in Las Vegas. To be honest, you don't. I know you don't eat hot dogs, but we would both love to drive the Wienermobile once. Just because I want to drive it. I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to drive the thing. <laughs> um, so the it was parked in a hotel parking lot, and they're not saying which one. By the way, the Wienermobile has been driving around since 1936. What? And now there's a really? fleet of six. Wow. Each travel about a thousand miles a week. That's a lot of money for a freaking hot dog truck. It's a lot of tra- hot dog trucks. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, so it was parked at a uh, hotel in Las Vegas. I guess it had just been in um, Arizona for the Super Bowl, and they had made their way over to Las Vegas when um, the next morning, the driver, Joseph Rodriguez, got to the Wienermobile and went and got inside it, and it wouldn't start. And um, see, what ha- happened was somebody went underneath the Wienermobile and stole the catalytic converter. Now, it did not make its next appearance because the catalytic converter is apparently necessary. It is a thing that people steal. And Glenn, I have tasked you with the research of why yeah. are people stealing catalytic converters? We, what do they do? Well, first of all, the catalytic converter theft is up 9,000% in the last two years. And we all heard about people getting catalytic converters stolen. And by the way, trucks like ours, they love to steal truck catalytic converters because they're bigger. So I, I, like you, went, why are they, do they sell the catalytic converter? Why are they stealing it? So this is why. Catalytic converters contain high value precious metals. The value of these metals per ounce has skyrocketed and is averaging. So rhodium is in there and that averages $10,000 an ounce. They have palladium, $1,500 an ounce, platinum at $1,000 an ounce. So those three things right there, that's per ounce. Yeah, so, this is saying that the catalytic converters on the market are being sold for $1,000 a piece. Now, nobody listening, I'm not giving you um, second job ideas. Yeah, okay? that's right. Yes. Don't do this. You'll go to jail. But, but now I've realized I need to park my truck in the back of the property. So the 10 vehicles most likely to be targeted nationwide are... 
Ford F-Series pickup trucks, any Ford pickup truck, Honda Accord, Jeeps, Chevrolet Silverados, Ford Ecoline, Jeep Compass, Nissan Altima, Dodge Avenger, Chrysler 200, and Chevy Cruises. So those are the most common. I don't know why. Maybe they're just easier to get under there and cut it out. But I couldn't believe when I was reading this article about what this is apparently a lucrative uh, criminal enterprise stealing catalytic converters. I'm Googling what does a catalytic converter look like? It looks like a piece of your exhaust because it is a piece of the exhaust system. But because, like, can I like put some sort of lockbox on it? Not really. And they cut them out. They just take their sawzalls under there and cut the thing out, and they're gone in a minute. But yeah, so there you go. Wow, I, I learned something. I learned a lot of new things today. It was a good day for learning. What did you learn today? I learned uh, a lot. I learned that. Vinyl fencing, not good in tornadoes. No. Um, I learned all ki- that corn is wonderful for your ponies. No. <laughs> um, I learned that catalytic converters are apparently full of precious metals, and who knew that? Uh, True. I, didn't, I didn't know that. The, uh, the bad guys knew it. <laughs> but I want to learn in the Auditor Post show why the hell you went to the chicken auction again. So mm-hmm. I'm going to find that. Yeah. Chad wasn't even home. Uh, no. So we're going to learn about that in the Post show. But first, I have a quote for you. And this quote is by somebody, it's unknown, who said this quote. It's, when in doubt, let your horse do the thinking. It's true. When I love doubt, it. Let your horse do the thinking. Spade, neuter, gals, everybody. Have a good one. Tomorrow we have Sidelines Magazine is joining us. 